Hey, before we open the show, have you gone to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 19? That is a survey I'm doing so I can get to know you better. It's schoolofpodcasting.com slash survey 19. Then the question of the month is, what do you like about this show if you're a listener? What do you kind of wish I would change about the show? Again, if you're a listener. And what would you like to hear me talk about in the future on this show? Is there going to be a prize for people that participate? Well, you'll find out at the end of the month. I need these by July 26, 2019, as that episode will be coming out at the end of the month on July 29th. Thank you in advance. This is Danny Pena. And look, I'm a huge fan of Dave Jackson. I listen to their po- his podcast every single week. And now you're listening to School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Dave, go for it, man. Thank you, Danny. Today on episode number 679 of the School of Podcasting, I was talking to some people online in Alabama, and they said, hey, what does it take to start a podcast? And I was like, well, it kind of depends. Well, today I'm going to try to fill in those holes. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting. With Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005, I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast consultant, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. I realize your time is precious, and the fact that you take a half hour or so every week to hang out with me is deeply appreciated. Here's what I'm going to do. I help you massage your message. I help you tackle that technology. I help you face your fears and flatten the learning curve and get you on the road to podcasting in the right direction, headache-free. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, when you sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription. And today is a little bit for the beginners. I was, as I said at the beginning, I was talking to some people and they threw out a bunch of questions that the answer was kind of like, well, it depends. And if you're thinking about starting a business as an audio editor, is that going to work? Well, it kind of depends. Do you have the skills? Well, if you don't, I know a place where you can get them and that is the Podcast Engineering School Hosted by Chris Curran. Now, Chris has years in the music business, and he's bringing the skills into podcasting, and he's helping people produce on a professional level. The next semester starts September 10th. Look at your calendar. That is right around the corner. What do you get when you sign up? You're going to end up with a live, interactive, online training class. That's right. It's you and Chris, along with your other students, and you're going through everything you need to know to be a professional audio editor. You get two mentoring sessions. That's one-on-one time with Chris, plus major discounts. And I mean major. We're talking hundreds of dollars worth of discounts on software and plugins. You get lifetime access to the Podcast Engineering School closed community, as well as a certificate of completion. You can check out all the topics at podcastengineeringschool.com. And right now, there is a super early bird special. It's available for a very limited time. Check it out, podcastengineeringschool.com, where you can learn to engineer and produce podcasts at a professional level and then earn a great living, part-time or full-time, or just make your own shows sound professional. In case you missed it... It's time for a podcast rewind. 
I appeared on the Podrect podcast. It's a podcast about podcasting with Tim and Kyle. Here is a quick clip. Blah, blah, blah. Upload, show notes, go, go to bed. You wake up in the morning and you wake up with like 19 emails of going, did you know? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I, uh, and it was still up. I hadn't even closed the software. And I looked over and I'm like, oh, the dreaded mute button was on. And I'm like, ah. Oh. Yep. I actually released an episode with a boo-boo in it. And we were talking about that on Podrect. You can find that at podrec.com or links in the show notes at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 679. Last week, I do this on occasion. I will meet with meetup groups online. So I was actually in my hotel room. I was in Pittsburgh last week hanging out at the Libsyn office, and I was talking to probably a dozen or so want to be, and in some cases already, podcasters. And I thought about this. I get a lot. I get this question a lot. Okay, bare bones it. What do I need to start a podcast? And the problem is there is no one size fits all. There just isn't. And so I thought about that. I'm like, but what if I were to answer that question the best I could? Let's. And I thought about it like what we need is like a flow chart. If you have multiple people, then do I need a mixer or do I need an interface or things like that? So we're going to kind of treat this as a podcast flow chart. Now, if you're already a podcaster, this may not be the episode, or I should say, this may not be the segment for you. Feel free if you're using Overcast or the Apple Podcast app. This does have chapters and you can go to the next segment. But let's think about this. There are some things that people need no matter what. So it doesn't matter if you are have a co-host, if you're going solo, if you're on the road, whatever it is, everybody needs one of these. And what is it? That is a pop filter. What is a pop filter? A pop filter is typically either a piece of foam, and technically some people call that a windshield, uh, but I call, it, I call them all pop filters. And it is something between you and the microphone so that when you say things like happy peanut butter, it doesn't sound awful. So no matter what microphone you have, whether it's a $60 Samson Q2U or a $300 Electrovoice RE320, you need some sort of pop filter. I'm a big fan of this one by Nady because not only is it a pop filter, but it's also a shock mount, and it works great on the Audio-Technica ATR2100 or the Samson Q2U or a Shure SM58, things of that nature. So that is something that everybody needs. You need a pop filter. And of course, you need your topic. Now, your topic should be something that you can't help but talk about. So if you're like, hey, what's a good topic for me to make money quickly? That is not how you pick your topic. It also needs to be a topic that will hold the attention of your target audience while it inspires them to tell a friend. And that's why podcasting is kind of hard. Finding that subject, that content that not only holds their attention, but makes people go, wow. It also needs to be in alignment with your goals. So if your goal is to be seen as an expert, well, then maybe you might want to do a bunch of Q&A because that will position you as an expert. Your audience would like this because you're probably, hopefully, answering the questions that they would ask. And consequently, everything's in alignment. Your target audience is happy. You're happy because you're being positioned as an expert and life goes on. So 
your topic. Everybody needs a topic that they are super passionate about because when you first start out and your audience is very small, it's that passion that's going to drive you through. And then pretty much after this, it gets to depends. And I'm not talking about adult diapers. I mean, every answer is, well, it kind of depends. And what I'm trying to do here is give you the pros and cons of your options. That's basically it. I want you to understand what the options are. And so I'll try to describe these. And I realize a lot of this is going to be talking about gear. So everybody, what a great timing with uh, Amazon Day or whatever it is, days coming up this week. So when somebody says, well, what microphone should I use? Well, it depends. Well, what does it depend on? Well, if I'm a traveling podcaster and I'm going to be bouncing this microphone all over, then you might want something a little more durable like the AT, uh, the ATR or sometimes called the Audio-Technica. That's what it stands for, basically. The ATR 2100, it has a lifetime warranty. Now, if you're not really worried about that, you're like, oh, I'm going to be traveling a lot, but I'll have it in a case or something like that, then you might want to go with the Samson Q2U. And that's actually the microphone that I recommend if you're stationary. So if you're traveling, it might be the Audio-Technica ATR 2100. If you want something that's absolutely indestructible, go with a Shure SM58. We'll talk about that a little bit in the future. But if you're stationary, now what do I mean by stationary is this is where you're using that spare bedroom. And even if you have to tear down your stuff, you're not going anywhere. Like right now, as I record, the the School of Podcasting, while I do occasionally record things on the road, 99.9% of this is me at this desk talking to you. So I kind of like the sound of the Samson Q2U microphone just a, a little better than the ATR2100. It uh, it doesn't have a lifetime warranty, but on the other hand, it's just sitting here on my desk. Now, another option, if you're a stationary podcaster and you kind of want to go semi-pro, then the microphone I'm using right now is the Electrovoice RE320. I love this microphone. I'm actually going to get a Rode pod mic here shortly. But right now, this is the microphone to beat. And for the record, this microphone goes for about $300. Now, the Samson Q2U goes for about $60. So does this microphone sound $240 better? No. And if I was starting today, I would probably be talking into a Samson Q2U. So this is one of those things where upgrading the microphone, does it sound better than the Samson Q2U? Yeah, maybe a little bit, but nothing that I couldn't tweak in, in software to make it sound that way. So what kind of microphone should I use? It depends on if you're traveling. If you're traveling, maybe an Audio-Technica ATR2100 or a Shure SM58. If you're not going anywhere, then the Samson Q2U is my go-to microphone. If you've got a bigger budget than the Electrovoice RE320. So those are, and, and these are all just my opinion, but most of these are based on tools that I've used. So then we get into what kind of microphone stand should I get? And the answer first is, should I just hold the microphone? No, not really, because then you get a lot of this kind of noise in your thing from people holding it. That's not good. So the stand that I'm using right now is a Samson MBA 38, and it's about half the price of the Heil and Rode boom arms is what we call these. And what they are is they allow you to clamp this big arm on your desk, and it's super easy to clamp on and clamp off 
It, anybody else want to sing the clapper theme song right now? Clamp on, but you just clamp it onto your desk. And then what I love about it is when I'm podcasting, I pull it down. And when I'm not, I push it out of the way. Got my monitors right there in front of me. And I'm back to just having a desk. Now, what if you go, mm, you know what, Dave? I, I don't think this is going to work. I'm going to be recording at the kitchen table. And I'm going to need to take down my studio when I'm done because, well, we eat here. In that case, you might want to look at what I call there. It's from a company called OnStage. It's basically a a desk microphone stand, but it has what's called, again, kind of a boom arm because most of these microphone stands that are just basically a stick, they're not tall enough, and you and your co-host have to kind of bend over to talk into them. This puts the microphone right in front of your mouth and they're super duper sturdy. Uh, if you ever get, uh, if you're walking along and you're hanging one of some of these and somebody tries to mug you, this will take them out. So that's my two options. So what kind of microphone stand do I need? Well, is this going to be something that you're tearing up and setting down? Then you might want to go with, uh, if you're, if it's just going to be you and your little office, go with the Samson MBA 38. If not, go with the onstage combo stand. Now, what if I'm recording co-host or interviews? Here again, it depends. Number one, are you in the same room? So let's say you're doing interviews and you have a studio and you're going to be bringing people into your house or wherever your studio is to record. Or it's you and a co-host and he's or she is coming over to your house. In that case, I really like the Focusrite 2i2 for two people. That goes directly into your computer to record or the Focusrite 818 if you want to record up to four people at a time, I typically would not recommend going above four. The reason for that is somebody is not saying a lot or it just turns into a bad episode of The View. Now, for those of you, my friends that are across the pond, The View is a talk show that has four females and it's on in the morning and all they do is talk over each other. It's a horrible piece of entertainment and yet we all watch because it's a bit of a train wreck. Now, another thing is if you're all in the same room and you're going to hear this a lot, you could also purchase a Zoom H6. Now, what's nice about this is if you're doing this and you're like, okay, well, let's say it's, it's you and a co-host and one week you're recording at your house. And then the next week it's like, Hey, the baby's having a bad day and we can't find a quiet place. Well, you can actually take the Zoom H6 to your co-host's house and record over there. There's no need for a computer. You just plug your microphones in and you're good to go. Now, the Zoom H6 is not the cheapest thing on the planet. It's $400. And if there's just two of you, you could do something like a Zoom H5. And that, I believe, is about $100 cheaper. So again, it depends. Now, if you're on a budget and you want to record directly into the computer, you could use a Behringer UMC202. That's about $80, where the Focusrite was about $160. If you're going to record four people into the computer, it's about $125. So it depends there, again, on, hey, am I going to be traveling at all with that? The uh, Do I need a computer? Things like that. So the Zoom H6, it breaks you away from the computer. You can record anywhere, anytime. If you're using something like the Focusrite or the other Behringer interfaces, those require a computer to do any kind of recording. They also need power that way. So now the other one, the granddaddy of them all, of course, if you're recording in the same room, 
There is the Rodecaster Pro. This is a super, uh, well, compared to the rest, it's expensive, but it allows you to record up to four people at a time. It also has a jingle palette. It has a built-in headphone amplifier. And that's the other thing. If you are having, let's say, more than two people, and it kind of depends. If you're in the same room and you have a good relationship with your co-host, and it's just you and your co-host, you can just tell them. If somebody has their headphones on, they can say, hey, and just just point at the mic, which is your signal to like, hey, get get back on the mic, because sometimes when we get comfortable. So you don't always need a headphone amplifier, but it is kind of nice if you have one, because then everybody can set their own kind of volume that goes into the headphones. And you're like, well, Dave, you keep mentioning these USB interfaces. If I have more than one person in a room, don't I need a mixer? And when it comes to the mixer versus interface, a mixer allows you to adjust the audio. So basically I can turn up the bass and treble where an interface doesn't allow you to do that. You have to do that later in the software. A mixer is a little, just a little more of a learning curve to do an interview where most interfaces automatically just connect to the computer. You hear your guest or your interview and everything's are great. It's a little more technical with a mixer. So some people prefer interfaces as they're just a little less confusing. There's not as many knobs on them, but you don't get to kind of tweak your voice. So if I'm doing something live, then I might want to boost my bass or treble or things like that. And that, again, is a bit of a like, mm, not really sure about that. Depends on how kind of picky you are about your sound. Because if you've got a decent microphone, it's going to sound okay. And if you're doing something live, let's say you're streaming Facebook Live or YouTube Live or whatever it is, you know, it's uh, it's going to get compressed. The audio is going to kind of get squished going out anyway. So you're going to kind of lose some of that. And that's where some people might go. And that's why you need a mixer. So you can adjust that. But that's basically the big thing with a mixer versus an interface, because both of them are used when you have people in the room at the same time. The other advantage of a mixer would be you can plug in something like an iPad. And depending on the interface, you may run out of inputs on that. But most mixers have uh, plenty And so one of my favorite mixers, I have one. I just don't use it. Right now I'm using a a different interface. I loved my PreSonus AR8 USB 8. And this has up to four people. It connects to your computer. So if you want to record into the computer, it does. And it has a built-in recorder. So if you're on a budget, you know, you are basically avoiding having to buy a backup recorder, it's built in. Now, this, again, is not the cheapest thing in the book. It also is $400. So comparing the PreSonus Studio Live, which is $400, to the Zoom H6, they're both $400. I would go Zoom H6. Why? Because the Zoom H6 is much much more portable. It's not as big. The PreSonus Mixer is, I don't know, the size of two of your hands stretched out. It's it's not a huge mixer, but it's not as easy if you want to go on the road. And that's where the Zoom H6, again, is super flexible. Another one, if you go, well, I don't want to spend $400, but I do want to use a mixer, you might want to check out the Mackie Pro FX8. Now, this actually has effects in it, which are kind of pointless because it's fun things like reverb and echo, but it does allow you to record directly into the computer 
So it's a little bit like an interface, but it has all those bass and treble and things like that. And you have a little more control over your voice. Right now, I'm not using a mixer. I'm actually going into a Sound Devices Mix Pre 6, which for most people is completely overkill. Uh, this is a $900 unit. And if I was not, you know, Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting who loves to test gear, I wouldn't be using this. I actually would probably be using my PreSonus AR8. I loved that mixer. I just happened to be playing with things and thought, ooh, if I get the mix pre, then I can take it on the road with me. So again, it all depends on what you're doing, what your budget is. And I actually paid for this for the record for anybody going, yeah, you got that for free. No, I paid for that one. Now, the question is, do I need a portable recorder? And well, obviously, if you're traveling, if you're doing a lot of recording on the road, well, then yes. But I also say you always need a backup recorder. Don't just record into your computer. You always want to have some sort of recording. Why? Because you never know when your computer is going to eat your file, and it's always good to have a backup. And I will say it again. My favorite one is the Zoom H6. Why? Because it just kind of does everything. And now you go, Dave, at $400, though, geez. Okay, then you could get something like a Zoom H1, which is about 120 if all you need is a backup recorder. So that is, uh, I if you're, Obviously, if you're on the road, you need a portable recorder. I like the Zoom H6. Uh, or if you just need, look, I just need a backup of something. Maybe I'm recording in my office and I'm going to go through my PreSonus, but I want a backup recorder. You could actually tie your Zoom H1 into the PreSonus. So you're recording into the computer. That's version number one. And then you're recording into your uh, your backup recorder. That's number two. Now, There's one situation here that I just saw, and I'm like, this is kind of different. If you're doing kind of the person on the street interview, and you don't want to lug around a recorder, you don't want to lug around a bunch of headphone amplifiers, I just need something that I can click, click, and go. This is really cool. I want to get one. I think I might, I'm really close to buying this. It is the Tascam DR-10X. And what this is, it's a little box that looks to be about the size of your phone. And there are microphones that you can plug into your phone if you want to go that route. But what I love about this is it has an XLR output, which means you can plug pretty much any microphone onto this thing. So if I knew this is the way I'm going to do my interviews, and I'm going to do what I call the Bob Barker, where when somebody talks, I'm going to point the microphone at them. And Rode actually makes a microphone for interviews. It's a bit omnidirectional. So Again, if I'm doing interviews from the floor of podcast movement, I'm going to say, hey, I'm here on the floor with Glenn the Geek from horseradionetwork.com. I'm going to announce that because people are going to go, why is it so noisy in the background? But when Glenn talks, I point the mic at him. And when I talk, I point the mic at me. And this literally is, it's like you're walking around with a microphone and that's it because this little Tascam recorder records to an SD card as a WAV file. It runs like 10 hours on one AA battery. It's pretty slick. And if you're a person, and this is where, again, we go into depends because how much room do you want to take up in your suitcase for this stuff? So that right there is like almost nothing. You have a microphone and this little itty bitty box. The Zoom H6 is a little bigger than that. So it kind of depends. The idea here is so that you can understand what each piece does and what it's good for. And I'll have a link to a guide 
that you can download out at the website. Just simply go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 679. Now, a couple other things. We said, uh, what if my guest or my co-host, because we just talked about recording on the road, everything is face-to-face. But what if my guest or my co-host, what if they're not in the same room? Well, okay, in that case, and I mentioned this a lot in the last episode, if you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 678, it's all about doing interviews. And I mentioned that if you're on a budget, you could use Skype. And I know some people just threw up in their mouth just a little bit. Just you say Skype and some people are like, "Mm." it's just, it's sad, but it's true. I don't have a problem with Skype. When I run Skype, I turn everything else off and I have a pretty decent connection. And if Skype has a little burp, I just go, hey, Skype burp. Can you repeat that again? And then if you're on a Mac, you can use Ecamm Call Recorder. And if you're on a PC, there's a free Skype recorder program. Again, this will all be out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 679. My favorite way of recording people in multiple locations is Squadcast. If you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash Squadcast, and this basically records everybody locally and then uploads all the files individually, and you can put them all together. Now, there is one bizarre situation, and this is a weird one. Let's say you and me are doing a sports podcast, and now we're going to interview a famous football player. Okay, we're in the same room, but our guest is someplace else. And what I would actually do if I knew that, I could say, can you bring your laptop over? We'll connect you to Wi-Fi, or although I'm not a big fan of connecting via Wi-Fi, we'll somehow get you wired in. I'll have a computer. You'll have a computer, and then we'll try to get my guest to to call in over Squadcast or Skype. That way, I can record everybody separately if they're on Squadcast. Now, if you're like, no, it's it's just going to be the same thing with myself and my co-host, and we're using the focus right. Well, then you can go into Skype and contact your football player, your famous guest who's coming on, and then you and your co-host will be on kind of one channel in Skype, and they will be on the other. So just make sure you do a lot of audio setup so that you're the same volume as your guest. That is a very bizarre setup, but I thought about that. I'm like, that could be. And uh, if it is a situation where you don't normally have guests, see if your guests will connect via Squadcast. Now, some of them won't. Some of them may want you to call them because there are those people that are like, what, Squad, what, Skype, huh? And that's where Skype comes in handy. You can actually call them on the phone and have you and your co-host in one place and then contact them on the phone. Another question I get that is a total like, well, it depends, is how much storage do I need for my media host? Now, to figure that out, you have to figure out how often are you going to publish, how long are your shows going to be, and what format? is your file in. So this usually means you have to record a couple test shows so you can kind of figure it out. And then in a nutshell, if let's say we're using MP3 files, if you export at 64 kilobits per second mono, it takes up roughly a half a meg a minute. If you record at 128 kilobits per second stereo, and I realize for some of you are like, He is talking a completely different language. I get that. And this is all covered at the School of Podcasting. We show you how to create your files. But those take a 128 stereo file, 
is roughly one meg a minute. So if I'm doing, let's say we're doing stereo, one meg a minute because it's easier math, and I do a 30-minute show once a week. Well, that's 30 one week, 30 the next week, 30 the next week, and 30 the next week. There's four weeks in a month. That is 120 megs of space. And then depending on who you're hosting through, you can see how much that would cost. And out again at the website, schoolofpodcasting.com slash 679, I'll have a link where you can click and listen to these different formats. I've actually also got a spreadsheet you can click on, and it will calculate which plan you need if you're going to be signing up at Libsyn which is my favorite media host. And people say, Dave, of course you say that because you work there. No, I was a Libsyn customer for 10 years before I was an employee, but you can get a free month using the coupon code SOP free. Libsyn, by the way, L-I-B-S-Y-N. It's not Libsyn. It's not Lisbon. It's Libsyn. It's short for liberated syndication. Then what web host should I use? Well, it, it could be, Do I need a web host? Yeah, you need a web host. That will be your central. That's where everybody knows if all else fails, if Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and everything else goes off the planet, you know you can go back and they can find you at your website. But here again, it kind of depends. If all you need is a place for people to listen and subscribe to your show, then your media host often will have a free media kind of or a free uh, website that will suffice. I'll give you an example. If you go to hate to wait, now wait is W E I G H T. That's a show with Emily Prokop and John from, uh, well, you might know him from She Podcast, but it's a weight loss show, really entertaining, and it's a great show. And they're just using a Libsyn website that uh, Emily has kind of tricked out. It's actually pretty cool. And all they need is a place for people to subscribe and listen. They're not pimping a email list. They're not doing A-B split testing, not doing any of that kind of marketing stuff. That Then that works perfect. Now you go, mm, I'm actually going to want to do some of that stuff. I'm going to need an email list. I'm going to be selling some t-shirts. I'm going to be doing stuff like that. And for the record, you can kind of do that in some cases, again, on the free site. But My favorite right now is I'm actually a GoDaddy reseller. If you go to coolerwebsites.com, I actually have many of my websites on that. I do have a few on SiteGround. That's another great media host. But realize that the first year at SiteGround, and I'm talking about WordPress hosting, it's $4 a month the first year at SiteGround. It's about $6 a month at Cooler Websites. But after the first year at SiteGround, that price goes up to anywhere from $12 to $20 a month. And that can get a little painful depending on which plan you are. So I'm a big fan of coolerwebsites.com. And what I thought I would do, because I've mentioned a couple things here about, well, if you're on the road, if you're on the road, this, and if you're, so let's just talk about that situation. And I'm going to give you a couple different options. So again, the idea here is you can see what's available and then make the best choice. So if you're traveling and you're only going to be recording you and a guest, again, you might check out the Tascam DRX10. You plug your microphone directly into that. takes up almost no room whatsoever. If you want people on separate tracks, because if you just have the one microphone thing, that's that's not going to work. And you're an iOS person, so you have an iPhone of some sort. Rode makes this cool smart lav kit where you basically clip lavaliers on people 
and you can actually adjust the volume. So make sure that everybody's even and you can record right there on your phone. So that's another one that takes up about as much room as that Tascam DRX. It's a little box that's about, I don't know, three inches by three inches. It's really tiny. This Rode interview kit, you wrap up the lavalier microphones and you have this little box that's, again, about probably three inches by three inches. So those are great examples. If you're on the road and you don't want to have a whole bunch of gear lugging you around, you're like, wait, I got to go get the case and things like that. The Zoom H6 for me is the sweet spot. It's not too large. It's a little clunky. Like it's not going to fit in your pocket, but it does have tons of uh, versatility where you can record up to six people. Now, right out of the box, it will record four. And uh, if you actually need to mix in sounds from like an iPad, you can do that too. There's no computer required. That's one of the cool things about the Zoom H6. Now you might, again, consider a headphone amplifier if you have a bunch of people around. You don't kind of need them, but the more people you get in the room, you might, because what happens is people get comfortable, they lean back in their chair, and now they're nowhere near the microphone, where if they had headphones on, then they could actually hear that. So you do need, somebody needs to be wearing headphones. No matter what you're doing, you need to be wearing headphones. The uh, Again, the Rode Procaster is a uh, a great piece of gear for recording people on the road. It's just not as it's, it's, I don't want to say it's bulky. Like you could fit it in a backpack of some sort, but comparing that to say the H6 or the Tascam DR10, uh, that's not going to work. So hopefully this gives you an idea. These are the things you need to ask yourself. You know, am I going to go solo or do I have a co-host? Okay. Co-host. Is it in the same room with you or not? Are you going to be doing interviews or is it just you? I was listening to buy the book today. That's two people in the same room that have no guests. And if guests do happen to come in, they bring them into their studio. And so you just need to know this stuff up front because when you ask anybody in podcasting, they go, eh, well, it kind of depends. It's because, uh, well, it kind of depends and it depends on your budget. Realize that all this gear that I talked about here, most of this stuff you buy once and that's it. You are done. You've got your microphone, check it off your list and now go out and make great content. So hopefully this gave you some ideas. Again, I realize even this itself is like, well, it depends. There's, I must have said it depends 37 times. If you go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 679, you can kind of find your configuration. Oh, I'm going to do a show where myself and my co-host were in different locations. Okay, here's the gear. Okay, I'm going to do a show just solo. Think about this. If you're doing a solo show, you can buy a Samson Q2U and be done. And of course, a pop filter and be done. That's it. You don't need a mixer. You don't need an interface. You just plug it into your microphone and go. And that's probably the last question that we didn't talk about. What software do I use to make my podcast? Should it be GarageBand? Should it be Audacity? Should it be Hindenburg Journalist? Should it be Audition? And there are many other ones. And so the only one that for me that I go, "Uh uh-uh, is GarageBand. And this isn't because I'm primarily a PC guy, because I have tutorials. I had to learn GarageBand to make a tutorial for it at the School of Podcasting. It's just when you go to edit in GarageBand, it sounds stupid, but for like every edit, there's like two or three more clicks that you have to do than you would if you're using something like Audacity or Audition. And when you do 
a, let's say you do an interview with somebody who's just a um machine and you cut out 37 ums, that's an extra 100 clicks that just slows you down. So GarageBand is one that I usually go, hey, if you already know it, stick with it. No, no reason to, uh, you know, go through another learning curve. But if you don't know any, if you are on a, a, a really tight budget, Audacity is not the prettiest software in the world, but it is functional and it will do the job. My favorite right now is Hindenburg Journalist. I just had somebody, Jonathan Bloom, emailed me from uh, weeklyawesome.com saying he was playing with Hindenburg and goes, wow, this is actually pretty sweet. If you're doing interviews or any kind of narrative style podcast, so here it again, it depends on what kind of podcast you're doing. If you're doing a solo show, Audacity is pretty easy to use. There's nothing really to mix in, maybe some intro music, things like that. Not much going on where Hindenburg Journalist isn't going to really do that much more for you that it's going to warrant, uh, I think it's $99 for the Hindenburg Journalist. The pro is like $400, but the just Hindenburg Journalist is 99 bucks. So depending on the scenario. Now, Adobe Audition, I was in love with for years. You can make yourself sound amazing in Adobe Audition. It also has lots and lots and lots of tools to it. And it's a little bit of a learning curve because you're really getting kind of two programs in one. You're getting one program that makes it super easy to go in and cut out the ums and your nose and things like that. And it's almost like its own little separate program. And then you can press a button and now you're in this multi-track where track one is your music, track you is you talking, track three is the outro music, things like that. And that is also in Hindenburg. But Audition gives you this option to go, I'll just call it like down to the scalpel level. You can really zoom, 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 zoom in to really cut things out with Audition. I still love that software. I still pay for it. That's the bad news of Adobe Audition where Hindenburg, you buy it once. It's one time. Uh, Audition does give you, it's it's basically $20 a month. A lot of people say it's 50. That's if you buy the whole Adobe suite. You can just buy Adobe Audition, or I should say, I guess you can just rent Adobe Audition. Now, I should point out, as I'm on their website right now, Hindenburg does give you the option, if you want to, to rent the software. So if you're like, mm, 99 bucks, not sure. You can, I think it's $10, $15, something like that. So that is another option. So a lot of people will start with Audacity. A lot of people will stay with Audacity. Yeah, it's not the prettiest thing on the planet, but it works for many, many people. I know people like Steve Stewart. You might find him at stevestewart.me. Actually, it's not a might. You will find him at stevestewart.me. He does a uh, Facebook group for editors. And there are a lot of people in there that make a living using Audacity. So there are other ones. Reaper. I know Chris Curran from Podcast Engineering School likes Reaper. It to me, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but I will say I uh, can almost guess that you're going to end up using the first one you try, because that's basically what's happened to me for for many many times. It wasn't until I found Hindenburg that I was like, wow, this makes things easy, and that's why I stick with it. It does what I need it to do, and that's really the bottom line for your software. Does it do what you need it to do? I saw somebody today in a Facebook group that said, hey, I'm using Audacity. Should I switch to Audition? And I was like, are people complaining about your audio quality? And if they're not, then no. 
you know, now can you probably make it sound a little better on in audition? Sure. But there are plugins you can buy for audacity. A lot of times I always say it's not the tech unless your show sounds like it was made with, you know, a couple soup cans and some string. It's not the tech. So that's another question that a lot of times you have to say, eh, it kind of depends. So hopefully you're a little more educated than you were when you started this episode. If you have any questions, you can always go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact and say, Dave, wait, which one, huh? And I will be happy to help you. And of course, there are courses on equipment at the School of Podcasting. There are courses on how to use Audacity. There are courses on how to use Hindenburg. There are courses on how to use Audition and GarageBand at the School of Podcasting. So if you need help with this stuff, I've got tutorials. I mentioned at the beginning of the program that I was speaking to a group online. They were in Alabama. I was in Pittsburgh at the time. And if you are looking for somebody to speak about podcasting to your group, I'm your man. Go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact, and I will be speaking very soon at Podcast Movement. This is August 13th through the 16th in Orlando, Florida. Really looking forward to that. And especially if you're a new person and you're going to be at Podcast Movement, this is going to be one of the most interactive sessions I think that's ever happened at Podcast Movement. I'm really looking forward to doing that. It's going to be great. It's called, Does Thinking About Launching a Podcast Make You Want to Wet Your Pants? It's going to be very fun. Then in September, I will be at FinCon in Washington, D.C., followed by the Military Influencer Conference, also in Washington, D.C. Those are in September. Then in October, I will be attending but not speaking at She Podcast Live. That's in Atlanta. That should be fun. And then in October, I'm at the the Doyo Live conference in Youngstown, Ohio. I'll be speaking at that one. And that one's almost in my backyard as I'm located here in Akron, Ohio. If you are looking to start a podcast, we kind of went over all those depends questions today. And you're like, Dave, I appreciate the effort, but I think I'm more confused than when you put out the episode. And that could be. This is it is. It's one of those things. It's, well, it just kind of depends then I would love to help you go out to school slash start. Use the coupon code listener. There is a 30 day money back guarantee. You can sign up for just a month if you want and, and cancel, but you're also going to get me the courses and our private Facebook group. And twice a month I do live group coaching. So if you have any questions, come on in. And then every Thursday we do lunch with Dave where I hop on for a half hour because I never want you to be sitting there going, I don't know. I don't understand. That is the last thing I ever want to hear. So you have plenty of time to contact me to get those questions answered. And again, if you hop in, you're like, ah, this isn't for me. 30 days, money back guarantee. No questions asked. Check it out. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. Until next week, get out there and change your world. Class is dismissed. Take care and God bless. The program includes live, as in like, well, not dead. Live, you talking to Chris and the other schools, the, uh, oh, geez, Louise. Until next week, class is, 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 it is, is dismissed. Class is dismissed. I got that going for me. <laughs>